Welcome to the November 2014 Respiratory Care Podcast. This is Dean Hess along with Sarah Moore. Sarah, let's get started with our Editor's Choice paper. Editor's Choice paper from Calais and the ArdsNet collaborators evaluated the association between pulmonary dead space fraction and mortality in subjects with ARDS enrolled in a clinical trial incorporating lung protective ventilation. They found that markedly elevated dead space greater than 0.6 in early ARDS was associated with higher mortality. They suggest that measuring dead space may be useful in identifying patients with ARDS at increased risk of death. Marlis Capadevella et al. compared the effects of conventional mechanical ventilation using a lung protective strategy with mid-frequency ventilation and a porcine model of lung injury. Mid-frequency ventilation is a mode of pressure control ventilation based on an optimal targeting scheme that maximizes alveolar ventilation and minimizes tidal volume. Their results suggest that mid-frequency ventilation allows the use of higher respiratory frequencies and lower tidal volumes than conventional ventilation to maximize alveolar ventilation. In his editorial, Marini urges caution. The performance of this mode in other models over longer periods of observation and in lungs that are more severely injured cannot be assumed. As the authors themselves point out, translation directly to clinical practice cannot be advised on the basis of these pilot data alone. Boltzon and colleagues conducted a randomized controlled trial to evaluate the clinical impact of the volume time curve on endotracheal tube cuff management. For cuff volume management, they used minimal occlusive volume in 222 subjects and the volume time curve from the ventilator graphics in 228 subjects. The volume time curve technique resulted in a significantly lower cuff pressure as well as a lower incidence and severity of sore throat. As Ricard and Mercotte point out, however, the cuff pressures reported were relatively high even in the volume time group, with a mean of 31 centimeters water, which might be hazardous in patients ventilated for longer periods of time. Odo et al. evaluated ventilation efficacy of video laryngoscopes equipped with a ventilation feature in a lung model study. They found that video laryngoscopes equipped with a ventilation feature provided effective tidal volume in simulated clinical scenarios. As with all bench studies, clinical study is required to validate these findings. The study by Duan and colleagues compared the predictive accuracy of reintubation by voluntary cough peak flow and involuntary cough peak flow. To measure involuntary cough peak flow, 2 milliliters of saline was rapidly instilled into the endotracheal tube. They found that involuntary cough peak flow underestimates cough strength in subjects with a high voluntary cough peak flow. However, in uncooperative patients, the best method is unclear. Vargas et al. developed a double lumen endotracheal tube to improve airway management and ventilation during percutaneous dilational tracheostomy. 
In a bench model, they compared the double lumen endotracheal tube with and without a bronchoscope to standard endotracheal tubes. They found that the use of the double lumen endotracheal tube during percutaneous dilational tracheostomy allows fiber optic bronchoscopy without imposing an excessive airway resistance. A reduced tube resistance during this procedure may confer additional safety, but this will need to be validated in a clinical study. In another study related to percutaneous dilational tracheostomy, Sanabria conducted a systematic review of methods that have been described in the literature, multiple dilator, progressive dilator, forceps dilation, screw-like dilation, balloon dilation, and translaryngeal. The blue rhino was found to be less difficult, had higher minor bleeding events, and physicians had more experience using this method. However, available trials are underpowered to define the best method. The significance of changes in arterial PCO2 during long-term non-invasive ventilation on prognosis is unclear. Suboy and colleagues aim to clarify whether stabilizing arterial PCO2 during non-invasive ventilation had a favorable prognostic effect. Data from 190 subjects with restrictive thoracic disease and who received long-term non-invasive ventilation were retrospectively studied. They found that a decrease in the annual change in arterial PCO2 during long-term non-invasive ventilation was a significant favorable prognostic factor. Thus, efforts to reduce arterial PCO2 should be made during long-term non-invasive ventilation. The aim of the study by Papao Ioannou et al. was to investigate associations of demographic, clinical, laboratory, and functional parameters with length of stay for subjects admitted with COPD exacerbations, and to provide a score for the prediction of the need for prolonged hospitalization. Seven parameters evaluated on patient admission were included in a simple score named AECOPDF. The authors found that the AECOPDF score could accurately predict length of stay in hospitalized COPD patients. Whitmer et al. compared walk distance and lung volumes measured during and after a six-minute walk test in subjects with stable COPD. With the exception of FEV1, lung volumes measured immediately after the six-minute walk test were more closely related to exercise limitation than baseline volumes measured before a six-minute walk test. Consideration should be given to performing pulmonary function testing immediately after exercise for the assessment of exercise-induced ventilation constraints to physical performance that cannot be adequately assessed from baseline pulmonary function testing at rest. The six-minute walk distance test in exclusive Nargill smokers was evaluated by Ben Saad et al. Compared with healthy non-smokers, the subgroup of exclusive Nargill smokers had a significantly lower six-minute walk distance. It would thus appear that Nargill use might play a role in reducing the submaximal aerobic capacity. 
Kemp's and colleagues evaluated the accuracy of a newly developed childhood asthma score in predicting requirement for bronchodilator nebulization. Compared to routine clinical assessment, they found that the childhood asthma score accurately predicted the requirement for bronchodilator nebulization in children with acute asthma without use of auscultative findings. The ability of healthcare professionals to demonstrate correct use of commonly used inhalers was assessed by Bachetti and colleagues. With the exception of specialists, healthcare professionals in Jordan needed to be updated on their inhaler technique skills, specifically with the newer dry powder inhalers. A single effective educational workshop on inhaler technique can significantly improve skills. The aim of the study by Garcia Olive et al. was to describe the relationship between influenza and climatic parameters with severe hemoptysis that required bronchial artery embolization. Consecutive subjects with at least one episode of hemoptysis that required bronchial artery embolization during a five-year period were included. There was a strong relationship between severe hemoptysis and low mean temperature. A weak association of hemoptysis with the influenza activity was also seen. This month we publish reviews on a taxonomy for mechanical ventilation and training of respiratory muscles for multiple sclerosis. We also publish papers from the 2013 New Horizons Symposium on respiratory mechanics in mechanically ventilated patients and the physiology of ventilation. Our three case reports deal with the use of Heliox delivered by high-flow nasal cannula, Philemon A mutation associated with diffuse lung disease, and tracheal mucormycosis pneumonia. Our two teaching cases deal with unilateral hyperlucent lung associated with bronchial atresia and pulmonary mucosa-associated lymphoid tissue lymphoma accompanied by a hydatid cyst. To receive the contents of this and past issues of the journal, visit our website at www.rcjournal.com. There you can also subscribe to receive podcasts of future issues.